Hi everyone, I'm Liz. I'm Annie. And we're a space to make research by the people for the people. Today we're going to be talking with our very own Alex once again uh, to talk about one of his papers. And this one's called um, Everyday Emotion Word and Pronoun Use Reflects Dyadic Adjustment Across Among Couples Coping with Breast Cancer. Wow, such a long title. (laughs) (laughs) As usual. (laughs) Yeah, always. All right, Alex, you want to tell us about your paper? Yes, I can definitely do that. Um, <laughs> as I say, with such confidence. <laughs> um, so actually, uh, I was thinking this is my first paper. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, my first like first author paper, at least uh, the one that I took charge on. Um, and so that, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and so I think you'll see throughout this that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and so there's going to be a lot of good questions, hopefully, <laughs> to help <laughs> fix some of what happened in this paper. Um, but no, I, this is a, a very important paper, though, right? Um, thinking about breast cancer patients, thinking about um, how can they adjust uh, to their new life. Um, <clears throat> it's not just like breast cancer happens and then uh, like, oh, yeah, like it's treated in a week and like you just go back to normal life it's not like a cold like this is a chronic condition that uh, people have to uh, end up living with and like the, how people adjust with that it's, it's going to differ so uh, it's up to us as researchers to help figure out how can we make that process better and so I think one uh, very viable way to do that is <clears throat> to look at um, our social support systems and particularly looking at your romantic partner Um, if you um, end up having a a partner uh, while you're undergoing um, breast cancer treatment. So I guess uh, the thing here is we did focus on uh, the quality of that romantic relationship because um, a lot of other research shows if you are in a good relationship, if you have have, um, good social support, you're able to adjust better. Um, So we want to see, so what are some of those factors that actually go into a good relationship, which will then like have those later outcomes of the better um, adjustment. Um, And that's, that's the basic gist of it. Um, Although maybe, I don't know, do I say more (laughs) right now? I mean, I feel like that's a good summary of like mm. the paper. Um, I already have a question if you want to just like sure. them. So yeah. you're talking, you're talking the paper, right, about um, romantic relationships. But I think it's mentioned, right, that there were uh, some conversations were coded, potentially, right, if it was like a friend um, or like a family member. So I'm just wondering, like, do you think that, you know, this word usage uh, might differ for like different types of relationships? So you know, we found the, re- the results that you have for romantic partners, but do you think mm. hypothetically, like the results could differ if it's a different type of relationship? Yes, absolutely. Um, so actually, maybe we should take a step back first. <laughs> what were some of the results here? So uh, all of these couples, uh, we had both partners in the relationship. They wore recording devices over a weekend. Uh, so we just had their natural everyday conversations. Um, they were allowed to wear it wherever they wanted to. So if they were at home normally, great. If they were out, great, whatever. Um, we just wanted to see how are these people are interacting. So of course, in these recordings, they also end up talking to other people other than their partner. <laughs> um, 
people also have friends. Uh, and maybe if you were to look at my recordings, that wouldn't be the case. But um, at least in <laughs> this case, <laughs> uh, you do see that there are uh, multiple people uh, that they end up interacting with. We decided to stick with just the uh, romantic partners for our analyses. Um, but definitely, we could have also looked at uh, friends or family or anyone else that they interact with. Um, and so what we ended up seeing here, um, there are some uh, emotion words that end up relating to adjustment, such as um, the more positive emotion words that uh, your uh, spouse said, so not the person that was undergoing the breast cancer treatment. Um, that ended up being positively related to um, the patient's um, adjustment. <clears throat> how well they're, and so I guess, yeah, we're saying adjustment. What does that even mean? Um, <laughs> adjustment in this case is going to mean uh, uh, how well the um, relationship is functioning. Um, so are they a cohesive relationship? Are they satisfied in the relationship? Do they have consensus with each other? Things like that. Um, and those things that I think would be pretty important if you have to work together as a team uh, on something like coping with breast cancer. So um, uh, the patients ended up um, with more adjustment <clears throat> when uh, the uh, spouse uh, said more positive emotion words. Um, and then there's also stuff about negativity. So um, spe uh, specifically, it was anger uh, that really stood out um, when the patients ended up saying more anger words. The adjustment for both partners ended up being worse. Um, and so, I, I mean, there's a lot I can unpack there, uh, but that is the general finding. Um, and then there's a couple things on pronouns. Um, so pronoun use is a nice way to just see like, where is your attention at? Um, are you focusing on yourself? Are you focusing on others? Um, and so in this case, um, focus on the patient. So if the patient is saying I or me, um, that was good uh, for the relationship, for the adjustment. And then also uh, when the patient was saying you, um, so also uh, on like on their own terms, they're putting now a focus on the spouse and that seemed to be good for the adjustment as well. Um, so <laughs> now that I've uh, <laughs> laid that out, um, maybe going back to your question, uh, would this differ across um, different types of uh, relationships? That's the general question, I think. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, a long ramble before <laughs> I got back to your question. But now we know, we understand um, like the fundamentals, so it's good. Yes. Um, so honestly, yes and no. Um, there's, I, I don't think there's a, a good amount of research out there uh, that actually shows these distinctions. I think there's plenty of papers that show the romantic partner ends up being the most important person. Um, and that makes sense. You spend a lot more time with your romantic partner. You conversations with them maybe you have a bit more like emotional disclosure maybe you just like you end up getting angry a little bit more and like you have to like resolve that together like there's just other things that happen in a romantic relationship that don't necessarily happen with like friends let's say um so uh, it kind of goes either way uh, in that kind of case. Um, some uh, romantic partners end up being just the absolute worst person when it comes to social support um, for that same kind of reason. Like if you um, if you feel comfortable with your partner and you start just arguing with them all the time, <laughs> then um, that's not good for your adjustment, right? And that would show up in, in our analyses, um, these kind of like anger words or like the positive words um, or even some of the like... Um, the like perception uh, of like where their focus is at like if they're constantly like blaming the other person that would show up in like words like you uh, usually like oh like why don't you <laughs> do something like uh, why are you like this <laughs> things like that um in that sense it's so, not a good use of words you know because you have to say like we are going to like fix this we're going to resolve the problem <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, that would be great um 
but actually, I mean, weed didn't end up being uh, the the key thing here. Um, it was a, much more this uh, this just balancing act of like focus on the partner, focus on the spouse, rather than like this this interdependence thing, which is oh, there's so much there. Um, I th- sorry, there's so many things I want to say with this. Um, I Which should probably is just great. answer. Mm-hmm. That shows that <laughs> it's a great paper. Question. Yeah, it shows that you're very enthusiastic about. about it too. Which is great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, uh, friends, going back to the first page of this book, uh, friends uh, can be. Um, they can be great because they 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 don't have like a stake in in the relationship right like at the end of the day they can walk away they can go back to their own home they can like <laughs> cope by themselves like they can talk to their partner about like oh man um my friend is having such a hard time um but they don't have to like internalize that necessarily like they can kind of let go of it rather than like if you're in the romantic relationship itself then you have to like really sit there and deal with it so it can go a lot of different ways is what i'm trying to say <laughs> interesting Mm -hmm. stuff. So Annie, do you have questions that you want to follow up with? Yeah. So maybe I can start with some simple questions. Um, Not (laughs) that it's like, not that I have hard, difficult questions, you know, (laughs) following. Uh, But one thing I wanted to ask was that, so in the paper, you found that positive emotions and negative emotions, they distinctively affect, you know, the dietic adjustment. And I was also wondering would if, would the proportion of positive words and negative words matter? Like, you know, for Mm. some couples, you know, the proportion of negative words could be more so compared to other Mm. couples. And given you had that data, um, I was wondering if that matters at all in terms of like relationship satisfaction and Mm. just how they're dealing with uh, this very stressful uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's such a good point. Um, just the the relative nature of like how much am I saying positive words to emotion uh, negative words? I think that's something that we should be taking an account in uh, for. Um, but we didn't um, <laughs> to some degree, I guess. Um, but uh, yes, they they both have separate effects on dietic adjustment. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm wondering like so. In in our sample, and this is kind of a limitation of our sample. Like, it's not a bad thing necessarily, but it is a limitation that we we can't speak to all types of couples in this um, research. Just because um, the people that tended to be in this kind of research, they are well-adjusted uh, couples, um, right? Like, they are already doing better probably than the average couple. I think. Um, they are undergoing a lot of stress. Um, they have to be recorded. <laughs> like, if they are uh, not doing well as a couple, uh, they probably would never say yes to something like this, right? Um, so these are definitely like just better couples. So in that sense, um, and in our uh, in our data, we end up seeing that it's about like ten times more um, positive emotion words than negative emotion words. Uh, mm. So it's it's quite a bit more <laughs> positivity, uh, at least that's being expressed uh, through the language. Um, so, so would you say that there's not much like variation in terms of like the proportion for your sample? Right, exactly. Um, but I, I would absolutely say that that would make a difference. Um, yeah. If there are couples out there that had more negative emotion words than positive emotion words, I think we would see like pretty different. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and maybe I can follow up with 
another question. Sure. <laughs> so one thing that I found really interesting in your paper was that, like, you know, just because the fact that, like, focusing in their conversations, like having a balanced focus on the patient and also the mm. spouse is uh, better for dyadic adjustment mm. rate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you found. So if patients, you know, tend to use more U words in their uh, pronouns mm-hmm. that, you know, positively predicts the dyadic adjustment. So um, that was a very like eye-opening finding for me. Like, you know, obviously, you know, spouses are also going through a lot and, you know, they're caring for their, you know, um, I wouldn't say sick, uh, 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 Spouses with who is going through the breast cancer. Um, Yes. uh, So, um, uh, yes. But then uh, one uh, thing that I found counterintuitive, though, is that Mm -hmm. sometimes the use of U-words could also indicate like some type of distance towards uh, the other partner. Um, And also it is also mentioned in the paper that the more use of viewers could also indicate like the blaming the situation to another party. So um, how would you like explain that? Like given that there could be like two routes in which this could be explained and how this could turn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's so many good points that you just brought up there. Um, I I think uh, the two that really stood out to me is one, there's so much stress uh that comes with like i mean not to say that you're more stressed out as a caregiver compared to the actual patient but like there's so much stress to be a a, like a chronic caregiver right um so uh the whole idea of like having some of the um like uh, i guess attention on the spouse um like that could easily go overboard uh, that it could be like too much attention on the spouse. And that I think would be the less uh, well-adjusted kind of couples. So kind of what we see here is um, there's still mostly, um, how do I say this? Uh, for both partners, both the patient and the spouse, um, they both say I more than you. Um, so I, I think they are still mo- mostly focused on themselves. They're still taking care of themselves. They're still thinking about like what they need to do for themselves, things like that, right? Um, it's just that <clears throat> when it comes to actual adjustment, the patient's words mattered more than the spouse's words. And I think that makes sense because the patient's the one that's going through uh, this entire experience, really. Um, the spouse is there uh, along for the ride to be a supportive partner, um, but it's it's the patient's experience. Um, <clears throat> so uh in that kind of sense um i think if if those u words started becoming more and more prevalent and and again kind of like this idea of like proportionality um that if the u started overtaking the i then i think that would be the more like like how could it not get into that more like blaming like sort of like scenario Mm -hmm. um like you need to be doing this um you you don't help me often enough like like you also have to focus about on yourself right like uh, I need to do this. Can you help me? Like that, like sort of trade-off is is it's a different, um, like qualitative experience, right? Um, so 
uh, that's that's one side of things um, that like I think it's good that there is um, it's not just attention on the patient it's not just attention on the spouse um, which is you're, you're kind of pointing out as well um, the other thing is the idea of the context in which people are saying you um, which is luckily we, we have just their recordings right so we can actually see <laughs> how are they using you um, and uh, I mean I, I didn't do this like in any kind of like real detail but like I did have to listen to all of these couples uh, at some point <laughs> and see uh, what are um, what are they saying. Um, and so, uh, I mean, you just find that like, they're not arguing <laughs> with each other. They're, like they're not like blame shifting and like things like that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I would hope not given I, the context, like that would right. add further stress, <laughs> you know, probably not good. Yes. Uh, so they're not using you in that kind of way. Um, there's so many different ways that you can use you. And that's, it's sort of a downfall of like this type of research, because we don't get enough like specific context um, when it comes to this. Um, we just kind of have the, like qualitatively, we can kind of look and see and like we have our perceptions of it. Um, but uh, regardless, right? Like it's it, it, of like my research assistants or the person I was working with um, for this paper. And they would all say like, I mean, these were generally like happy couples. Like sometimes it's kind of sad, like they didn't talk that often. <laughs> like maybe you would think that they would talk a little bit more, but I mean, they're also generally like older and like, I mean, they're going through a lot of stress again, right? So like, they're just kind of tired. Um, <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> that was a long ramble to say, um, how we say you, it, it can mean a lot of different things. It could be the blaming thing, but it could easily also just be like saying like, I love you, right? Like that also says you, I mean, it also uses I, right? So there's like also those other aspects to this. Mm. So basically the balance is an important factor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting stuff. It's really interesting. Um, I'm kind of like My wondering... question was so long, but then Alex's answer was also so long. Um, yes, much longer. <laughs> well, I'll ask to help that. Maybe I'll ask a short question and maybe Alex, maybe can give a short answer. <laughs> Kidding. <Ooh. laughs> Ready? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So one of the things that, you know, I've really found interesting with the paper was that um, a person's own positive emotion words, mm. like weren't related, right, um, to couple adjustment, but partner ones were so like what do you make of that mm. discrepancy like were you expecting that were you not expecting that right yeah I, that's also such a good point um <clears throat> that i i wouldn't have expected that i, I would think mm -hmm. that like your own independent use of um positive emotion words should relate to how well you're doing right um how do i explain that uh i don't know <laughs> i think there's a lot of uh, different ways that i can also go um i will say though that even though the results weren't like st statistically significant, um, they were usually like still like pretty sizable effects. Like it's not like it was nothing. Um, it just wasn't as much as the partner effects in this case. Um, and that just means that the spouse, um, the spouse ends up saying positive motion words, the other person ends up um, with the, the higher adjustment. I think there is something though to, to be said on like, um, I mean, your partner matters. <laughs> your partner um, makes a context in which both of you have to like live in, right? Like if your partner is constantly negative, then that's probably gonna have a lot of effects on you. Um, 
even if you are being positive, right? Like you still have to live in that. Um, so if the partner is generally being positive, then I, I think that it helps. Um, and you both kind of like can bounce off of that and like reflect and like spiral upward uh, and into positivity. Upward rather than downward. That's, that's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was very positive. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So I also have another question. Um, so in the paper, right, uh, you had mentioned that there might be like possible confounding um, between like gender roles mm. and what was it? Uh, mm. I'm forgetting now. Yeah. So role and gender. Uh, the patient role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you want to yeah. like explain to, you know, our audience, like what that is, like what that actually mean, uh, means or like interpreting the results? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so the, this confound here, uh, we don't necessarily know if these effects are due to the gender of who is saying it, or is it because of the like medical role that they have. Um, so it could be, let's say, woman or man, um, or it could be uh, spouse or patient. And so in this case, uh, because it's breast cancer, and that's primarily uh, something that's diagnosed with women, um, <clears throat> the patient ends up being uh, a woman, uh, and the spouse ends up being a man. Um, generally, uh, we do end up having some uh, same gendered couples in this uh, relationship, but not nearly enough to like really make any kind of like definitive claims uh, here. <clears throat> So um, what we would need to do is disentangle that. Um, we don't know if uh, some of that positivity, uh, like maybe it's just merely the fact that uh, women are saying uh, I and women are saying you um, versus the men saying I and you. Um, but uh, we, we do think uh, that it's probably more because of the, the patient kind of role um, and that if this was some other uh, sort of like chronic illness, if this was diabetes or arthritis or something, you might get some like similar kind of results regardless of if the patient is uh, a man or a woman. Um, but we don't know. Uh, that is my like guess uh, on this. Um, I, I can't say uh, for sure. And I guess, I mean, if you really, really wanted to do this, uh, I mean, men still do get breast cancer. And if you want to have it like stay within the realm of breast cancer, which of course, like that is its own unique thing, like compared to even other types of cancer. Um, so uh, if you could get enough people um, to, to sign up for this, um, that is, is it because uh, of the gender or is it because of the, the actual patient here? Right, it's a good sample. It's a good, mm -hmm. uh, like a good sample that you did get though. And you know, like you mm -hmm. said before, like it's probably hard to have people wear the recording devices and take part in mm -hmm. this. So mm -hmm. just that you had like, what was it? 57 yes. people. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, 52 uh, usable for the analyses. Um, but it's, it's very hard. <laughs> I didn't necessarily have to collect these data. Um, my advisor ended up collecting these data uh, and she spent five years collecting those data. Uh, so <laughs> it, it definitely took a while. Yeah, that's really hard work. Um, mm -hmm. um, maybe I can you know, ask another question more fluently. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was wondering whether, I don't know if your data can actually speak to this, but whether the stage of the cancer mm. would also matter. Like, it, you know, if it's like more serious, um, the dynamic, like uh, the effects of like partner and spouse could be different compared to uh, perhaps like earlier stage in mm -hmm. the illness. So what do you think? 
Yes. Um, so in, in this research, we did end up having people at all different stages, but the, um, they ended up mostly being one through three. So one, two, and three, um, which is, I mean, generally better um, than stage four, uh, right? Like stage four, like unfortunately the prognosis is very poor um, uh, for people who end up with stage four breast cancer. Um, so I would think that uh, the results would actually change quite a bit um, in, in that case. If we only focused on stage four, um, I, I think in this sample, there is like two or three people that had stage four cancer. So um, not nearly enough to like really influence the results. Um, and then same thing for like stage zero, like being able to like really catch it before it's like, really anything. Like <clears throat> I think you would get slightly different results there as well. Um, and there, there is something about like the moderate amount of stress that comes with stages one two and three and like so it's pretty intensive treatment regardless um mm -hmm. so yeah I mean, it's definitely a life shift right as a, compared to um stage zero um not to say that it's not a life shift there um so I guess uh, what, what I would probably say is um, my guess with stage four um, breast cancer would be that it uh, everything would be a lot tougher um, and I don't know maybe you actually do just need to have more uh, focus on uh, the patient uh, in that kind of case like there's nothing wrong with that either right like uh, there have to be times where the um the uh the time and the energy like really has to be like only for the patient. And then, I mean, hopefully there's also times for like for the caregiver, the spouse in this case, um, they also get like their own like separate time. Um, and like the more that you can distinguish those two things, probably the better um, the uh, dynamic will be and probably the better the adjustment will end up being. Um, and the more that those two uh, like roles just like <clears throat> end up not being like distinguishable, I think that's probably like where it, it, it's gonna get like a bit too hard um, uh, for, for those kinds of couples. And I mean, I wonder how that would actually play out with like the words that they end up using, um, but that's just, that's too stressful of a situation, you know? Um, so I, I think that the, the stage absolutely does matter. Um, we just end up seeing it with uh, the, the better prognosis kind of cases here. I mean, thinking like with what you're just saying, like I'm thinking, oh, maybe in like stage four, they might um, use we talk more like, oh, we're going to get through mm. this or like there's a focus on, you know, the patient. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, mm. hey, I'm, I'm in your corner, like I'm here, um, kind of like showing that they're being mm. supportive. So it's interesting to think that's. About. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I'm just, I'm going to quickly say how smart that is <laughs> because I don't uh, think that was smart, like, when but it comes okay. to, <laughs> when it comes to we talk like that. Uh, and so saying we, uh, words like we, us, and our, um, those are like, they do the best in like the more stressful kind of like situations. Like when you really need to be giving support like that, we talk is like where it shines, you know? Um, and so that's maybe like why we didn't really find like the strong effects here is because like I mean, yes, it's stressful, but it's not like the like everyday like stress that you you really have to like actively like cope together, like sort of thing, like every single day. Um, so I don't. Uh, I, I think you, you might be right with that. Um, we'll, we'll see though uh, if anyone ever tackles that. But well, hopefully they do because we want an answer. So mm -hmm. no pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had another. Um, so question. I think. Uh, 
Oh, actually, uh, I, I mean, if it is short, we can squeeze it in, I think. Yeah. Um, but I've well, rambled so much that I've taken up a lot of the time. I guess it depends on how short your answer is. So <laughs> the pressure is on <laughs> okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so do you think that there might be like geographical differences? So because this was in Arizona, mm. right, do you think that um, word usage might differ like uh, regionally and also like maybe like SES, socioeconomic status? Like, could that be a factor? with all this mm -hmm. yes absolutely so <clears throat> uh, uh oh, man there's so much in that question how am i supposed to give a short answer to that um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> so yes absolutely uh with word use uh we do know that um people end up talking differently in different parts of um the united states if not like globally right um and part of that is probably due to like um <clears throat> personality differences that are also seen um in different geological like locations um so this is definitely a point that uh, i mean both of you have raised <laughs> um outside of this uh um podcast um but just the idea that everyone has different communication styles so even um even within this uh, sample that I have, uh, like that isn't going to happen for all breast cancer patients. That's not gonna happen for all spouses. That didn't even happen for each of the couples within our um, uh, like sample, right? Like um, it's just, that happens to be the average effect, um, <clears throat> but there's always deviations from that. And those deviations might be even more deviant <laughs> depending on where in the United States you are because of things like a different uh, speech pattern or different personality traits and things like that. Um, how that would specifically play out though, I don't know if I'm willing to take a guess because <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of variability out there. <laughs> I mean, even just like from California to, to, to like Texas or to New York, right? Like there's so much uh, variability there. Um, although I guess I will say like the, the University of Arizona, like they're, um, their medical system is like among the best. Um, and I, maybe there's like something to that, um, that <clears throat> especially for breast cancer, that um, uh, I mean, maybe that's why there's a little bit more positivity uh, potentially in, in Arizona is because like their medical resources are a little bit better um, and they, they can afford to be a bit more positive. Um, but how that actually plays out, I, I, I don't know. That's a great answer though. I like it. <laughs> hmm. Thank you. Um, cool. So then um, I think that's, maybe let's wrap up this episode. Yeah, sounds good. So what are we talking about next, uh, next week? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, it's me. No, I was actually going to ask Alex if you have any last words. I mean, like last summary. Oh, yeah, of that's your right. Paper. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. What's my main message that I want to say to the public? Um, <clears throat> I want to say our words matter. Um, but I, I will also say, though, that like in this uh, paper, we don't know if it's the words that are causing people to be in better relationships or if it's those better relationships that are causing mm -hmm. people to um, say these words. Um, and there's probably, it's probably both, right? I, I, um, I, I, it'd be hard for me to say that it's one or the other. Um, so I, I think keep that in mind with this, but definitely like it's something to like just sort of be aware of, like that our words really do matter, um, whether they are reflecting something uh, in ourselves or they actually cause change. Um, I, I think it's something to, to be aware of. Um, but yeah, uh, split up your focus. Uh, I think that's also such an important thing here, um, regardless of the situation you're in, but especially when you're in more stressful situations, like don't 
just bear all the weight, right? Like mm-hmm. focus on yourself when it's important and um, like let it go <laughs> when it doesn't uh, have that much importance. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's other papers that need to be done first. <laughs> that was a great summary. Okay, so, then, so yeah, what are we what are we doing? Yeah, so um, we will continue with the topic of stress and coping. Um, so we'll have a series of papers that uh, you know discusses you know how uh, we can cope better with stress and you know what are the unique factors that affect how people feel stress. Um, so stay tuned. Yes, and uh, where <laughs> do you stay tuned? Do you stay tuned? on our website uh, that we post them. Uh, that is our, our visual abstracts, our podcast episodes, um, our write-ups, everything in the, uh, there, as well as uh, social media. So <clears throat> uh, I did a horrible job of doing this. Our website is uh, roomforresearch.com if you are interested in going there. Uh, and then there's also our social media accounts uh, where you can find all this other information, uh, which is at Room for Research. Um, so feel free to check us out on either location feel free to follow us and like like our stuff and also you can comment and like we want to answer your questions as well like we want to have discussions with you um so please feel free to check that out and until next time thank you all for listening uh, we'll see you next week bye everyone bye for now. With the sun.